Sunny 16 presents. Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the Music and Photography Podcast. I'm Billy Sanford, and my very talented guest today is Christine Pinnock. Christine, thank you for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you, Billy. How are you? I'm doing very well and, and very honored and to speak with you and, and grateful for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So you and I travel in a in a few of the same online circles. I, I see that we're commenting on a lot of the same posts, and, and yeah. that's always fun. And then I think when I posted recently on one of these music and photography chats, you had commented about taking selfies while playing the clarinet, and I thought, well, there's a music and photography story I I need to hear. <laughs> but oh, that. I, Oh, if yeah. you want me to dive in onto that, I was just going to say that was um, it was part of me doing my um, college degree. I was doing about um, hands in the first year. I'd injured me wrist, mm, what's it, early 90s, was decorating in the hall. I was mm -hmm. putting the second coat on and I, I just started getting shooting pain in the palm of my hands. And, oh, it was really hurt for ages, and I couldn't write with my right hand, which because I'm right-handed, I had to use my left. I couldn't do any drawing. I couldn't play my musical instruments, and you know it was really downtime for ages, about over a year. So when I was doing my degree, it was all to do with the hands, and I thought about taking a picture of me playing the clarinet and at the time digital started taking over or it was a reluctant one for going over I still like the film because I studied film in the film years as I call it and I'd got a, a Canon an A is it A88 no A95 something it was one with the flip out screen Right. So I was able to set it up on a little cheap uh, tripod ad. I've still got it. I think it's a, a Valabon one. And I put it on there. So I was able to, you know, set it on the thing to record. I did a little video of it. I mean, wasn't playing my clan. I just moved my fingers up and down. Right. And I decided to freeze it. And I did um, an outline drawing with a pen. And where it was like a ghostly image of my fingers moving, I did another colour 
for each part of the ghost. So it looks like this, you know, multi fingers playing. That was also inspired by um, an artist, um, Giacomo Barlett. He was one of the futurists. And I remember a picture of his he did of a woman and a dog walking. And the dog looks as though it's got about 100 legs because he was right. doing the movements right. of it in the drawn. And that did inspire that. And only Tutor, well, my tutor said, oh, he loved that. And he said, you know, try and develop it further. I did... I only did a bit more of me playing me guitar, but I didn't think that to me looked as good. Right. Um, when I further on I did my degree, I got into doing about the muscle because it was all me. I injured the muscle in my arm. I, I am accident prone. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the family, though. It is in the family. Oh, and, no. But that's where that's where that one had come in there. Okay. So, well, how? Well, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, we a lot of times there's somebody in the family or a friend who kind of sparks that interest and inspires us to go into music or photography. Who? How, mm -hmm. how did you first get interested? Into photography. Well, me dad had a um, a folding camera that mm -hmm. he used to play with. That found it in the um, me mum's, you know. A dressing table cupboard. I used to get it out and play with it, open it, and I used to open to the side. I always remember open to the left, and it was this little metal thing that you could put down and stand it up and you, on its side. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange because there's the viewing thing there, and yet you turn it on its side. You know, it's only now I know because that was to do. I think the selfies or something like that. I didn't right. know, you know, you're a kid, you don't know much. <laughs> and we had that, but after my dad died in 1980, it stayed in the cupboard and it ended up developing mold and we threw it out. And it's only now, like now, I know, you know, isopropyl alcohol would have cleared it up and I, <laughs> I go mad when I think, you know, I bought a few, my mum said it was German, so I bought a few. Voiceland Bessers and also, well, I think I've got about three Netters, you know, mm -hmm. the because uh, that rings a bell. Because we had um, a lady's um, underwear shop in my local shopping area, Liscard, called Contessa. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Netta sounds like that. And of course, with the being the Zeiss icon, they also have the Tessa lenses which is abbreviation of Contessa. And that's all, you know, gone round in me head. But I just wish and I could remember what the name was, you know, of used to play in it when I was a kid. I've got, an, uh, I've still got the camera my dad got. He got one of the Kodak Instamatic ones. And of course, you don't, you don't uh, make them anymore, which is, I've still got the camera there. Open one day, Kodak will do their instamatics again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, it's a dream. But right. that was the day. And when I was little, well, same time would be when I was playing around with my dad's camera. You know, we used to just get out and play with it. Couldn't afford any film. My nan got was uh, went on a day trip. What was our church up to? Scarborough in Yorkshire and uh, she bought me um, 
which I realise now years later, was a copy of a Diana F camera. Right. Which I didn't know then. It was just, just this make and it used to play. It couldn't afford for the film, but used to just go around clicking away, you know, pretending to be a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it until I, I snapped the year, uh, you know, when you click it off. I remember pulling, putting out, you know, the uh, it's got the window, at the, well, the old ones at the window at the back with the red on and I'm <laughs> poking my finger through it, you know, well, I'll never do this. <laughs> All of that things I did as a kid, but I think that was where it's all come from. Right, um, right. Me, me dad's mom, and of course, me dad. Okay. And well, I also had uh, when I was young. Um, well, it was a Prince. It was a local company for local Dixons. You know the hundred and ten cameras. Right. Yeah. You know them because I got film for that, and I used to. You know, photograph uh, me friends, and then they take one of me. And then I started getting interested because my mum would have, a, you know, a catalogue to buy things. We've also got, I think, what's equivalent to Home Depot thing called Argos. And used to look in there, you know, you'd see all these SLRs and think, oh, I'd love, I'd love to learn how to use them. Oh no, it looks too complicated when I was reading about these F stops and shutter speed. I thought, oh no, it won't. And then at the time, <laughs> this camera's come out. So I thought, oh, well, that's an easy option. <laughs> They're saying this is going to be the future. That's right. <laughs> and with the own little tiny things. I think I give that to my cousin. But we then had, it was in the 80s, like I said, after my dad died. Well, because he died when just before I was 16. So I was in the early 20s in my local park. There was that house there, used to be owned by someone years ago and then left to the council. And they were doing a voluntary course about learning about photography. So I thought, oh, go along. I wasn't working, was unemployed. It was the 80s and work, getting work in Merseyside was terrible. So I thought it was a good thing to learn. I went off there and I had a choice of using a, a Zenith or a Practica MTL 5B. Well, I thought the Zenith was too heavy. I went with the Practica and ended mm. up getting me out. So <laughs> I, I've still got it to this day. That's right. And still shoot with it too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I The last, uh, last attempt I did with it, I was seeing... On um, Instagram, uh, Lena Bessanova at um, is it a Robot Royal? And she's seen us shooting um, slide film, and I just loved the fact that you could get these, you know, bigger images than your thirty-five mil. And I thought well, they're way out of me budget length. <laughs> so I thought, hmm, I wonder if I make a, a a cardboard frame thing to go over, you right. know the in your film so I did in that to go it made the film drag a bit but it's actually the negatives right. have turned out so right, I'll have to do a contact shoot <laughs> <laughs> that turned me of getting what's the camera who just bought a bought a cheap camera that's actually does it that size of pictures I've got one of this do you know what I, I, but I bought a load of cameras, Billy. That's it. But everyone on, especially the Facebook thing on them, um, 
you know, telling you about all oh, this camera's good and that, and they think, oh, I'll have to try that. And it's, it's <laughs> oh no, it's a big hole to go down. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They do. They always look fun to to play with, don't they? Yeah. And try out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thing for me, you see, for me, I used to years ago in the photographic days of the eighties. I used to get a magazine called Practical Photography. And, you know, we'd show your cameras in there. Of course, the big ones were like, I'd oh, never be able to afford one of them. So we used to be able to see things, you know, for sale. So, of course, now when people say this one's good or that one's good, you think, oh, yeah, I'd like to try that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, of course, in the mind the other day, seeing I've just bought a Billy bootcase, you know, from Ikea. I got a fella to put up. I thought, oh, I'm not putting it up. Let someone else do it. <laughs> and because then he said, you should sell some of these. Say, Steve, I haven't used them all yet. So I won't have a chance of using them first. <laughs> oh, what right. it is. Oh, no. But I, I do love film. Actually, saying about di digital, I like taking the pictures and I like reviewing them but the only thing I do is on the computer is you know just move the levels and that right. try printing the mouse and my printer just doesn't I did have one the one's so bad and now I've got a Canon one and when I print it out it gets bars across you say clean the heads I do that and nothing's improved so I give up so they just stay on the you know, on the desk or on my computer. Right, right. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about because you like to be hands-on beginning to yeah. end, right? The film yeah. uh, developing and, and the darker imprinting, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, like I said, I'd gone to that course in the uh, 80s and then I progressed to, um, it was in the 90s, but I went to... Our local college, Whittle Met College, they had a branch then not far from me. And I did um, photography A-level there. And after that, I did a B-Tech ND. That's supposed to be like equivalent to a couple of A-levels. But what it was so good because you learned darkroom stuff. We had a technician who did the colour work for you. But when I did the B-Tech, we did colour printing as well. We had an R4 machine. So in the dark room, we just fed your paper through the machine, went out into the other room and seen it come out. You know, so at Lane's colour, it was while I was on the BTEC, we got to work with medium formats. That's how I used a Mamiya C330 and the 220. I've got the 330 now because, <laughs> right. yeah, well, you see, some of that I, I did like at the time. I got an RZ67 because I found, a, um, I just found out on Facebook market someone was selling one. I thought, that looks like a friend of mine from college. And it <laughs> was him. He was selling right. it for someone else because he got given <laughs> one, you see. So, so I got the RZ67. <laughs> that was the, I think that was the start of me downfall. <laughs> well, let, let's go back to the the school coursework a little yeah. bit. I mean, so so what is the curriculum like 
uh, when you're studying it formally, what like what sort of assignments did they give you and what what was the expectation for a student in those days? Well, the first thing we learned, you know, I went out in the car park and took a picture of um, a motorbike. Forget what that was for, because I know we did about leading lines. We did that. Um, oh, that was on the uh, me B-Tech course, because on the B-Tech course, you also did, um, we made our own pinhole camera. Okay. And just out of a shoebox. Right. A bit of uh, photographic paper in, went outside in, in, you know, the car park of the college, just took a picture of anything, and then went back in the dark room and developed it. Okay. So that was, you know, that was a way into pinhole because of course they take it all through the you know the history of photography right. and we did all the theory you know about the layers of a film and that black and white and color and slide right. so it, i got a good grounding in the a level and of course in the b tech we got to do studio stuff setting up lights and using um the Sinar camera and the Cambo, you know, the large format. Right. And we also went out and used the field camera. So I got to use the full, you know, Gamos from 35. The standard college uh, camera was the Pentax K1000. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bought one of them <laughs> just for, um, what's the name, you know, old time saying. But me... Uh, best friend Marie, she got one in the eighties because she did the A level course, and I met her on that course, and you know she stuck with that. Because when it went over to digital, I said, "Oh, do you fancy getting the you know the practical?" Did no, I'm not interested. The only digital she's used is a phone. She's not interested <laughs> in digital. So yeah. Well, have you been have you been able to do any uh, five by four since school? Is that something you still get um, to do ever? I, well, I bought myself, here we go, yeah. <laughs> I bought myself a uh, speed graphic camera. Right. You know, the speed graphics, because one of the ones we did learn in A-level was about Ouija. So I'm a fan of Ouija. <laughs> and, of course, okay. we used them. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I right. thought, well, at the time, I thought, well, I haven't got any studio space. At least that's a handheld Five by four camera. <laughs> right. I haven't got round to use it yet. I bought film and thought, I've got to use it. I've got to use it. <laughs> but you see, during the time I got it, my mum had a, a fall in 2016. Right. And she had the operation, you know, to fix their hip. But she was never the same. I had to take over the, well, our kitchen's only small, all the cooking and that. And she couldn't stand for long. So I did all the housework then. So really, a lot of it, the photography was put on hold, apart from getting the dark room together, which was funny enough, my old, we call them box rooms in Britain. I think they used to store boxes, small room anyway. Used right. to be my bedroom when I was a kid. And uh, I've got a large sink put in there now, because that was where they used to do the photography, just in trays, add a little bucket to put me pictures in, and then go across the land into the bathroom, you know, to wash them. But right. then I was able to uh, get a sinker saved up and, and got that. And, of course, I still have me larger what I got in the, yeah, would be the 90s. 
And I'd, I'd used it a bit, but then it was starting to go, you know, digital was starting to make a inroads and things. And I was thinking, you know, with me leaving college in the 90s, I think I'm not meeting other people, you know, to like motivate you, jog you along, you know, come on. Right. Stuff. And of course, digital took over. And I thought, no, because it was funny <laughs> when it's a funny saying about digital and that. When we were in college doing the BTEC, they were talking about, you know, like for the, I think it was the RB, was saying about a digital back you could get. Oh, it'd be great to be able to review your picture, you know, do you like it and that? And then now, like, oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Well, uh, and you talked, you mentioned the 110, but you also uh, enjoy half frame as well, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few of them. I was out the other Saturday for um, Ilford did a thing up in Liverpool for um, mostly women or those that identify themselves women. So I, t- I took a couple out there, and Michelle from Ilford said, "Every time I see you, you've got another camera." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing with the R frame is you do go through. You know, quite a few pictures. I had right. out that Saturday. I've got a um, Olympus Pen EA, the Canon Demi Seventeen, and um, what was the other one? What was the other one? Oh, actually, I've forgotten. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you the half frame one. I do love, and that's the right. Mercury Two. Right. I yeah. Do, I was going to ask you that about that. Camera. Yeah. I do love it. It's a bit twiggly, tin knob. I just, I just love it. I just think it's a nice, <laughs> lovely twiggy camera. It suits me. And it's, <laughs> that's a unique looking camera too. It is. Well, it's funny, Billy, that in England, we've got a, um, a kids' cartoon show on the kids' channel called Sarah and Duck, and she's got a digital camera, and she loves lemons and the tops got a dome on it just like the right. mercury 3 and it, it does look for the world like the mercury 3 camera but it's digital i'd love to know if they got <laughs> the inspiration from that right because when i seen it i thought oh i've seen them on the film oh we'll have to get one and i do i do love using that that's the one at the half frame i was talking to one of them on the group and the photo walk on saturday said really the Half frame is the connection between the film industry, what they say in America, the movie industry, and the 35, because it's half frame, just like in the movie. You know, when they're doing the films, isn't it? This is all the half frame on the side that runs through to give you the films we see. So to me, that's like a link between the two of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also use a uh, film canister lid as the lens cap. Is oh right? yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know what it was on that. I follow um, Ribsy on YouTube. He's got a right. channel, and he started doing his own film. Yeah, it's it's all films already going. I think if you said it's foam pan, and he's repackaging. He wants to do it more environmental friendly. I think he hopes to right. one day do produce his own film but for now it's just rebranded stuff and i just right. found one day i thought 
I'd like a lens cap for that. It's just me and my thinking <laughs> with the lens <laughs> Can it fit? Oh, that'll do. <laughs> that <was> <laughs> I think my hero is Heath Robinson. Honestly, I'll do huge things. Mind you, I think you get that from me dad. Because Billy, me dad, when I was younger, if he wanted to solder anything, he'd use a knife from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> knife what you'd eat with. <laughs> Mum used to go mad. He'd heat it on the gas flame because we had a gas cooker. And then put it to the solder. <laughs> that was just being a solder, a solder <laughs> knife. No wonder they come up with these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> It's just in the family. Oh, dear me. <laughs> well, it sounds like he was very resourceful, though. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a lot of money, but, um, yeah, he'd do what he could. Remember when he was little, he was building me, trying to build me a doll's house or his bungalow. Only when my dad built things, he built them to last. It was quite thick wood frame, but on the top for the roof, although we never got to have a roof on it, was a metal metal strip you know so you could lift right. it up by that metal. <laughs> honestly i think you could have lived in it really was that well done. but he never got round to finishing off because having the money you know he told me he was going to uh, do a front with little angels um a front piece that you could lift up for each room you know, and a, a door to lift up, you know, to play with. It would have been brilliant if he could have finished it, but he didn't have the money. And then, of course, he, you know, he died in 1980. So, but yeah, right. well, he's good, you know, he'd have a go at doing things like that. So, you know, so I think that's what I, I um, inherited it from him. But even from my mum's side, the family, my granddad, although I never, oh, actually never met either of my granddad's, my dad's dad or my mum's dad. But she said he used to, to make some money because times when he wasn't, you know, working, he didn't have money. Right. You, know, during the, you know, the 30s when they had the depression, he used right. to uh, repair shoes and that. So I think that's where, you know, I get all my crafty things from. I can look, you know. <laughs> really in the you know usually in the family do as i know right. me mum said her sister mancelilla was good at art so i think i get the art side from her and um, you know and this and the music is from me mum's side the family me grandma and her sisters played the piano most of them played by ear i think one of them went to music lessons yeah because she played in their, you know, local church. So I can see, you know, I can trace things really from the family where, you know, me music interests have come. And like you said, from the photography, that's from me dad. Right. You know, you know I love them there. You know, they, yeah, the fascination with that. Do you like cameras as well? I wish I could really, Billy, you know, repair cameras. <laughs> uh, me too. It does frustrate me, Tan. The nearest I can get to is me Pentax K1000, the shutter sticks at times, and I found out on YouTube, you know, fixing old cameras, <laughs> a brilliant right. channel, about undoing the base and pushing the lever up and it works, and think, oh, I'd love to know how to, re you know, repair cameras. I just, <laughs> I do find them fascinating, you know, the insides of them. Right. 
And okay. now me head fucks it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, talking some about the art side, I mean, you, you have a degree in fine art and you concentrated yeah. on art, right? So, yeah. so talk some about that and, and, you know, what mediums do you work with and, and what do you get out of that versus photography? You know, I'm done much art lately. I am a, a lazy artist, Billy. When the mood takes me, I got into using acrylic, but I only did that was I was talking with my friend, you know, the uh, one that's the Pentax K1000, and I was wanting to have a go acrylic. In our bathroom at our house was built in the late 30s, and at the time, tiling only went halfway, and then you had wallpaper or you painted it. And my cousin's husband at the time in the 70s said, oh, put wood boards up, you know, this is the new thing and that. Right. And I got over the years, said to me, mum, this was after my dad died, they'll put up. And then I said, oh, you know, it's not good, take them all off. And we didn't know how much it wrecked it would be. We still had the old tiles up from when the house had built, but we painted over them over the years because the glaze had, like, cracked. And it wasn't too bad. And I decided to, you know, draw on the wall. I, I drew a rim, a yellow submarine. <laughs> I did that. And I didn't know how to use acrylic. And my friend said, oh, what you do is, is um, you have to, you know, not let it dry out. You've got to um, either, you know, cover it up. And she told me to get some um, foil trays, you know, to put it in. So I just I went Painting on the wall after an image. <laughs> it was all right. It came out, so I had fun. But I went to college, really, like a load of us, to learn how to paint. So <laughs> we didn't do that. We got a bit sidetracked. I ended up in the 3D room, messing about with uh, plaster and that. That was a, a, you know, a good thing. It was easy, and and I like the easiness and the quickness with with to work with it. Because when it dried right. off, you could carve into it then. Right. And I got um, a um, chance, what was it, when I was doing me, um, it was the BTEC. I went with one of my tutors um, to the Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra in Liverpool. So I was taking pictures of them while I was rehearsing. And okay. um, one part, we were, rehearsing, we were rehearsing in the Liverpool Anglican Cathedral. And he let me borrow his Nikon FM2. And when that was a camera, I chucked two rays away. Right. You see, see how I get all my cameras all like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was years later and I was thinking, you know, and everyone's talking about Nikon. I thought, oh, I remember that camera. And I decided his was all black. And I thought, oh, I want an all black one, not the. It you know makes any difference to taking pictures, but with the views and that, I thought, oh, that. So that's a camera I like. I don't like using that. That's but, right. Um, and then we see that's where the music there is interlinked with the photography. I said going mm -hmm. back to me arts, I did all three um, D stuff, and it. I basically when it, it did that, you know, you happen to find out projects what you want to see through and for me it was all to do with my injury of my elbow I trapped mm -hmm. it in the door of a double-decker bus honestly it's, it was painful it took me oh, a year no. to, 
to get it right because I'd knock it, it'd be getting better and I'd knock it and set it off again. So it took a year. And of course, in that year, I couldn't play me guitar. I was playing the clarinet then. No, the recorders, no. You know, I used to see buskers in Liverpool and they'd be playing Beatles songs. They, oh, Grace, I'll go home and play that. And they, ah, no, I can't because <laughs> my arm was in so much pain. I couldn't play me guitar for a year. And that really got me down. I couldn't even draw or paint because you usually use, like, my left arm, you know, for leaning, stop it moving. Well, I found out you can't do anything with you. With only your eyes on when everything's moving, so that was, I couldn't I couldn't use my cameras because was in the late nineties I got a Canon T ninety which is a hefty beast <laughs> and I couldn't use it so <laughs> really worry me practice so you know it um, right. that did get me down so when it was coming to do my degree it was all about muscles and me me final thing for the show was the big Big muscle are made out of fabric. It was right. stuffed with um, foam, any foam you could get, foam for seats and that, and I stuffed it. And it, in the center, it had, I did polystyrene balls, and it was to do with the um, the insides of a muscle, what it's all made up of. Because for me, that was, it seemed to dominate my life because there was so much in the arts that I couldn't do, you know, for a year. So that's, that was what my degree was about, you know, me not right. being able to do what I love right. doing. Right. Well, that's very interesting. Art. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, a, that, music, yeah. that is an, uh, an awesome idea to, to turn it around and, and do something good with it. Yeah. Or, or around it, you know, this injury that you had and, and making that the subject of your project. Yeah, but I think in college they'd like to me to done expanded it more to outwards, and I thought, well, this was personal to me. That's what I thought art was all about, you know, personal to you. I think, right. um, you know, that's it. You know, people can usually relate to an injury or something. You know, funny enough, the arm I'd done the elbow injury when I was a kid, I'd fractured that elbow to say, my Oh, no. <laughs> <It's a total laughs> I am accident prone, totally accident prone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's another story. Oh, that, honestly, I, I keep you going for hours, Billy, but that was a story to what I talk to myself. <laughs> well, in, in the... In the arts with painting or uh, sketching or the 3D work or something like that, you mm -hmm. have to depend, you know, a lot on your imagination. And you can mm -hmm. use your imagination in photography, but did, that imagination part of it with the art side, do you enjoy that aspect of it? I do tell you, one of the photographers I loved, uh, Lainson, when I did A-level, and he, you know, he, he did stuff with a lot of setting up, you know, scenes was Man Ray. Right. I know he, he said what was it? He painted what he could see, you know, he photographed what he could see and painted the things he couldn't. But I noticed a lot of his, you know, he set up little, you know, scene things and that. And he took photographs. I think I'll have to try and get into that more because I do do a lot of still life stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm. When I visited A-level photography, I did architecture, me and my friend. I did more of the detail work, which I still love doing. You know, Liverpool's rich in old buildings, so I love right. going out and, you know, seeing all different ones and taking. And I do uh, like doing still life stuff. As one of the photographers I got into is um, Joseph Suda. You know, he did mm-hmm. a lot with um, glasses and that. Oh, no, me, me cousins are laughed at me there because I've got a lot of glasses. <laughs> when are you going to use it? No, I'm going to take pictures, honestly. <laughs> I think they think I'm a mad lunatic, but I am. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Mind you, being photographers, we can't get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> 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 Just saying that, that on Saturday... When we were out in Liverpool, we went into the Liverpool Library, and it's it was it was looking tired for years, you know, seventy style, and the Addery Fabish, and it's got this lovely atrium now, and it's got a lovely right. dome ceiling, and on the floor they've got all you know writing of, of books of on the outside, mum books and old books, you know, like Harry Potter that, and then the inside is I think it's got poetry. But one of the things mm-hmm. I did, I, was, I said to Stig, I said, oh, oh, you know, give me a do and go and lying down on the floor so you can get a look up the ceiling and take a cup <laughs> picture. See, this is it, photographers get away. And it was another uh, story going when I was doing my A-level with my best mm-hmm. friend. We went to Liverpool. We had, um, it was the Mamiya C330 twin lens mm-hmm. camera. And we wanted to take pictures in this building in Liverpool called the Indian Buildings. It must be to do with, you know, India in the past. And right. we got, they've got shops in there in the bank and we had to go and ask permission, you know, could we shoot? We wanted to shoot the lights there because the lovely, you know, old... No, they're not a chandelier. It's got a big dome on it, but, the, you know, they're very effective. And he said, yeah, right. you can do as long as you don't take any pictures of the bank. Or, to be honest, we weren't interested in the bank. We just wanted <laughs> to do the lights. Right. And we went there in the winter. So I had a big black coat on and a big beardy mm-hmm. hat. And I'm having to lie on the floor because, you know, you've got a twin lens reflex camera. It's waist right. level. So you have to get on the floor because I had the camera on the floor with the lenses looking up at the lights to get the picture right. of this light. So I'm lying on the floor. My friend's hold, sitting on the floor holding the camera to stop it moving while I'm looking through the wastefinder. And she said <laughs> afterwards, someone said to her, is your friend okay? But I got a good shot, so that's the important thing. <laughs> that's right. That's good. That That is an awkward way to shoot a TLR, though. I know. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize at the time. Well, what it was, because you look up and the, the lovely big lights, but you think, well, the best of, you know, to best to get it all in. Or, well, I don't think I got it all in the picture in the end, was to, you know, put it on the floor and, of course, to view it, you've got it on the floor to view it. <laughs> <laughs> all the trials and tribulations of being a photographer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we've. 
We've talked about Liverpool a couple of times, and I'd be remiss <laughs> if I didn't ask you about the uh, football club. You're a big fan, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that goes back uh, really from me dad because uh, my mum grew up by the Liverpool football ground. Well, my dad did and then came over to where we are on the Wirral now, which is the other side of Betty Cross the Mersey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we used to go there because we go to our church, it was in Liverpool because my mum and dad were from there. And we used to go to me, well, it was where my mum grew up. His sister later on took over the house. And, of course, it was in a stone's throw from Liverpool Football Club. And me mum's sister's husband, he was an Everton supporter, so I'd see his ticket <laughs> stubs there. And, of course, on the Sunday, they used to have, on ICB, was one of our stations called The Big Match. So they'd show you, you right. know, all the local matches. And, of course... I got to watch Liverpool on there and like the way they play. Well, at the time, they were the top of the table. So, yeah, <laughs> thing. so the, you know, my love of Liverpool started really from my dad. He never went the match, but he'd always watch them on the telly. And I right. got into it and listening to the match, local match on the radio. I've been to the match a couple of times, but nowadays it's, the prices are just too dear. And anyway, to get a ticket, more like you've got to be a season ticket holder because, you know, everybody wants to go and see them. So. Right, right. <laughs> Did you? Part of, um, well, a couple of, um, you know, Facebook groups of, um, with Liverpool and that. So right. it's, it's, you know, keeping in touch with, well, one of them, um, the group, Facebook group is set up from Bella who lives in Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah they, one they of the have... other moderators, she lives in South Africa. So, you know, it was all, <laughs> all supporters from all over the world. Yeah. And That's wants... right. They, they have yeah. a worldwide following, the oh, team yes. does. Yes. There's, I know there's a, on Twitter, there's a Liverpool branch in the United States of America. Yeah. But they have mm-hmm. to follow them on Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're spreading all over the world. We're spreading the uh, thing at Scouse. Yeah, turn everybody <laughs> Scouse. <laughs> Don't think you'd have the walls then. Oh, That's right. Well, I imagine it would be fun to, if you like taking pictures of people, to to go to a match with a camera. Did did you ever get a chance to do that? Just of the I crowds? Did, I did. Um, well, that, that was in the 90s. Um, I went to my local one on the Wirral, Tranmere Overs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Lancashire now and they're very low league. I went to theirs and I went behind the girl to get pictures. I was taking them. It was, it was the end of the season. They were playing Middlesbrough. And I was going to take pictures of the crowd and I thought I wanted to get up the match. Anyway, I think it was half time. The police moved me out the way, and I was a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm behind this bar. Mind you, all the press photographers were there. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I'm sitting behind the press and go. But luckily, I realised later on why they moved me away because some of their fans, because if they won, they were getting promoted up a league. You see. And their right. fans invaded the pitch. So I thought, well, yeah, if I'd have been there, I'd have been knocked over. So, <laughs> <laughs> But funny enough, one of the lads, the one I bought the RZ67 off, 
He said, Chris, you were on telly. I'm like, what was I? <laughs> and we didn't have a video record at the time. And we went in our neighbour. She got away and she said, you can go in and, <laughs> go in and watch it. They all this me. <laughs> yeah, I think I all owned Don't you do my things as a photographer. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was your one of your moments of fame. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was on Sally. Oh, dear me. But yeah, I <laughs> ended up being embarrassed. Oh, no, look, there's me. <laughs> Nobody recognized me. Well, one of my friends did. He said, You were on the Sally, Chris. Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, oh, one of the, you know, you. T- you mentioned the Beatles, I'm sure, which everyone <laughs> would be familiar with, and, and yeah. the Buskers. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool's always had a vibrant music scene. What what did was that a thing you did growing up, playing music with friends, or was that always sort of a solo thing? It was you? always a, a sort of a solo thing, and I had a cousin who had a guitar, but he never, you know, kept it up. It was more of a um, solo thing for me. First learned the guitar when I was a kid, going out with the church, some of the, you know, the teenage ones there, because I was only little, sat at the back, you know, with the guitars and that, and they taught me a song on there, so that sort of led on to me when I was older, wanting the guitar, and learning to play. I self-taught myself, I had a book from um, Rush Shipton showing you, you know, how to play chords. But right. I know when it was first then to play, you know, because you, before you get your calluses on your fingers, oh, it kills. And the first right. song I was learning to play was Amazing Grace. And I'd be given up after a few minutes. But then I was able to progress more. My mum said one day, she called me into the room. She said, oh, you're playing Amazing Grace? I said, yeah. We said, I said, you're not saying that to make me feel better, are you? said, no, we did. You could hear it was amazing. <laughs> oh, we started getting somewhere then. And then that carried on. And right. like I said, in school, I'd learned the recorder and ended up mm-hmm. eventually progressing onto the clarinet. Oh, I've done, I've done, um, I did an exam on the recorder. Um, okay. It was associates of the Victoria College of Music, so I got letters mm-hmm. after my name for that. I did that on the desk out and the treble recorder. Well, like I said, the clarinet. Uh, I've got onto the ukulele now. Right. And that that seeds the Beatles again. What it was is <laughs> after George Addison died, he did a concert for George at the Empire and a right. musician from the 60s. Joe Brown, he was up and he said, you playing the song on the ukulele, he said that George loved called I'll See You In My Dreams and mm-hmm. of course I'd seen that um, and watched it actually on YouTube, never got onto the uh, concert and I thought, oh, I like that, oh, I'd like to learn to play that and that was the start <laughs> and I got a dummies book and the one is um, Brett, uh, Brett McQueen He's from America, mm-hmm. and he, you know, I'd follow him on um, on the YouTube, and like I said, I got the book and the lanes on there. So right. I'm still working through that book actually, because I've got another ukulele book with, um, and I'm going through that one as well. But I've de- okay. you know developed a love of that. One thing is a little <laughs> it's easy portable. 
No, I was just going to say, yeah, that would be easier to travel with than some of yeah. uh, than a guitar, for example. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, no, I used to play the guitar for our church's Sunday school. And of course, when we were going over, it was a main road in Liverpool called uh, Scotland Road. We just call it Scotty Road. And you used to get the wind there. Oh, and your guitar would get blown about. I think you must be twinned right. with the Chicago for being windy. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, you see, you're not too far away from the Mersey. Oh, oh. If you're walking about 15 minutes down to the Mersey, so it's it's not too far away. So you would get the, okay. you know, the breezes coming from there because it's more flattish there. And then you've got the Everton Ridge going up. Um, it's a big it's called the Everton Ridge. You know, it's a big sloped area in Liverpool, which actually where my grandma, where my mum was born in Liverpool. So it's, yeah, it's just a, you know, windy place. Like I said, my poor guitar used to get blown about. Right. So I used to play that for them and I used to enjoy it. I, I was the head of the music for Sunday school, but since I was the only musician apart from... <laughs> The head of music, full stop, Kathy. She was the American girl and come over there. Um, right. But still, I still love playing the guitar to get out. At the moment, I've been going over more of the classical guitar. I got that years ago. I did a, um, a scheme, a government scheme, based in um, Glass, um, Glaston Theatre in Port Sunrise. Mm -hmm. That's on the Whittle where they make all the washing powder and stuff, you know, for Lever Brothers, Lever Hume right. now. And uh, I got I got that free. And I'd started learning to play it. Um, but, you know, I had to stop it, you know, with the, and me wrist and that. Because when I was doing it, um, I did A-level music. One of the lads in college said, oh, you know, it's a thing for musicians to do is to, you know... Um, wrecked the tendons in your arm and that. So right. we're, I'm just going over that more, you know, lean and very painfully slow, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. Like on the keyboard, I'm leaning, playing, you know, very slow on the metronome. If you know metronome, Billy, uh, this is very, very slow. <laughs> I've got a pain. <laughs> I've got actual metronome, but I'm using the app on my phone. It's down to about 25. <laughs> it's a minute. It is slow. But I don't mind. I'm learning to play it. So. But what I do is I, I start off slow and build it up and build it up, you know, until I play. Well, not that really to play, but I, I just I do enjoy playing music, me photography and art. I swap around to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you you mentioned the kalimba, right? That you're learning that also. Yeah, and I don't know how I got to that. I think it was just looking on eBay. Yeah, that place. <laughs> oh no, I think I was looking on YouTube. I was wanting some relaxing music, and I seen this kalimba, and I thought, oh, that seems interesting. And I thought, well, even if you can't play, you know, just clock away in it and enjoy right. it. So, a woman was um um you know reviewing one it was shaped in like a bear and she said well this is good if you've got bad wrists because it's easier to hold i thought oh that's me 
So I, I bought <laughs> it and I've enjoyed it. It was an across the name, not one of the okay. big names, what they say. But I love the sound and I've got acrylic one and I've got a little acrylic one as well, a little baby one you can put around your neck, you know, to play. <laughs> so, yeah. You'll be you'll be collecting those like you collect cameras. Oh good, don't go there, Billy. I'm already there. I've got three recorders. I've got about what one, two, three, four harmonicas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. What about the harmonica? How how are you enjoying that? Well, I did stop. Uh, I've stopped it for a bit. I thought I want to concentrate on me clarinet more, but I'll have to get out because I had a, I got a chromatic, chromos, uh, no chromatic harmonica when I was twenty-one. The church mm -hmm. um, gave me money, you know, for my twenty-first birthday, so I went out. So I went into a um, a music shop in Liverpool called Kelly. It's run by musicians for musicians, so. I got, um, it was a Hofner one, and I had that for years. But I found out that one of the reeds had gone, and I, I now know, you know, now how to repair it. But the only thing is I found out that I couldn't open mine because it's riveted and not, you know, oh. um, not screws that you can take everything apart. You could send right. it away down south, but with it, and um, being special to me with money I got from me 21st birthday, I'm thinking, yeah, but what happens if it got lost in the post? So right. I, I got another one on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a proper eBay girl. <laughs> I'm a proper eBay girl. So I got that, and I ended up, I bought a brand new, is um, a Seigel Blues one. So I've, mm -hmm. got, a, I've got another dummies boot yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to play the blues. I've got to get on to that and, and do it. Yeah, it's the one thing I'm not playing at the moment is my harmonica, and I'll have to get to that. We see that's another thing connection with the Beatles, seeing John Lennon playing the harmonica. <laughs> see, it always goes back to music. <laughs> right, right. And well, how do you? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, but even the photography in the Beatles, because they all like cameras in the 60s. There's a picture of self-portrait Paul did with a, I think it was a Raleigh Flex. The Beatles went round with the Pentaxes and that. You know, right. It all connects somewhere. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, had, uh, so between the music... Between the music and photography, if you if you end up with a free afternoon, how how do you decide, you know, that you're going to do one of these two things? Is it is it the weather? Is it just whatever mood you're in? How do you what usually helps you decide if you're going to practice a little music or a little photography or or something else maybe entirely? I, I don't tend to play me music long the instruments about half an hour each or so because of my wrist so I usually play mm -hmm. them in the morning and then the okay. afternoon is you know photography if I've got time amongst other things I um today I had the uh, the Olympus Penny E I was wanting to try and finish that film off because I rolled my own 
That's the only thing, mm-hmm. though, with Ambulk Load. I tend to only put short films in, you know, because I want to try all the cameras out. But it seems to be going on forevermore. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, uh, is, this, is this camera properly working? I'll have to get out in the dark bag and see. But usually, like I say, I do me developing and stuff in, you know, in the afternoon sort of thing. So like you say music in the morning and um, photography in the afternoon, unless like Saturday just gone, it was, um, you know, all day photography. Right. What what do you bulk load? What film emulsion? Um, I usually get um, Ilford. Use the FP4 or HP5, but I've had Fomapan and kept me here, so I'll get whatever. You know, the Kodak seems to be over here, it's a lot dearer, so I don't tend to that. But I do like the Kodak color, but I haven't done much color lately. I think, no, I'll have to learn how to develop color. We got taught it in college, so I should go back to doing that because I've got a load of a Kodak, you know. Kodak Gold and that a uh, Kodak Plus. <laughs> a funny enough, right. I seem to tend to like Ilford for black and white, and then for colour, it's oh, it's Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, well, did you? It just as we're talking, there there was a big announcement today. Did you see about the the Golden One Twenty? I know. I was thinking, oh. <laughs> yes, that will be interesting. Thinking, oh yeah, girl, you got to get back onto your corner and get some uh, Kodak. I know I am um, Analog Wonderland over here in Britain was saying, you know, you can um, pre-order it, sort of thing. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm, right. yeah, I'll have to get some. <laughs> oh yeah, Ooh. it was a nice that... surprise that from Kodak. Yeah. That's right, yes. and hopefully a little bit cheaper, maybe than uh, the Ektar or or certainly the the slide film is is very expensive. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, what Billy. Um, it was years ago when I was doing me B Tech. I got a week experience at um, Chester Chronicles. Chester is about an hour or so away. Well, if you go by bus, if you go along the motorway, they can get it there in about half an hour. And mm-hmm. I got given a roll um, of Kodak, um, what was it called? Ektar Professional. And I think it was six, I think I found out since it was 1600, but you could rate it at anywhere in between. And the prints, oh, I just loved it. You know, I thought it was beautiful. Right. It was expensive, I think, at the time. Of course, I stopped doing it, but I thought, oh, it was beautiful film. You know, I, I right. would love Kodak to bring that back. <laughs> I just I just thought that was, you know, uh, it's just wonderful, you know, colours on it and that. And although you could go up to high, you didn't see any grain on it at all. It was beautiful right. colour. Beautiful colour film. So, yes, please, 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 Coach. <laughs> I love you forever. <laughs> well, we talked to the, about the music and the photography and the art, but you, I mean, you do a little sewing as well, too, don't you? What other crafty uh, things do you like to do with your time? 
I haven't done too much sewing. I've, I've more repairing things and and sewing mm-hmm. things. I'm not a brain, so I'd like to get more. I do do knitting. That was one thing my mum taught okay. me how to knit. I'm just knitting stuff now. I've been knitting a hat. I'm knitting gloves, and um that we just get you know cheap wool. And I like you know I like knitting. The favourite of mine is doing um. Aaron stuff which has cables over it. I do, I, you know, I like them because it's like 3D, you know, shapes right. and that. So it's, I suppose it's all part of even them. It all ties in, you know, with 3D things, which I did in my arse. And I suppose even photography, well, you can do 3D stuff and that, but even though it's often 2D, you're getting the depth, aren't you, and that of things so you can... You know, it's to me. So it's all the it's all the things I like doing with my hands. Yeah, I think, like I said, it's from the the family thing at that. You know that I I do right. like using my hands. I know my mum said, "Hey, brother, me or Gladdy do stuff with his hands. He just just like you know mucking about with me hands. <laughs> I've done him. I've done embroidery. I don't even see it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Across it, I can't see. Can I see about showing you? No, I can't. Oh, I can't. I've got it. Hold on. I've got a charge in my phone. Yeah, can okay. see it there. there's a couple dancing. It's based on a, um, a painting by, uh, I think it's Degas. Yeah. Right. I think it's one of his. And I, I just okay. got into cross stitch. Funny enough, one of the women in our church was doing it I thought, oh i'll have a go and i got a little piece to do and i got done a couple in musical instruments and then the next thing i did that big one and i've also got um another one in my bedroom is a big sailing ship i did right okay but i haven't done them in ages that was counted cross stitch but it was actually embroidery is stuff we learned that in school you know for doing but i've right. done it for years and then picked it up again <laughs> well does it is does that hurt your wrist too to do that for too long um well i haven't done it for ages yeah i think it can be it's holding things that can do it for me for me wrists um right one of my cousin's husbands he said about the uh, second one which he lost about you know doing weight weight uh, training, so I've got some dumbbells mm-hmm. there, you know, to to do exercise. Where he said, "Don't do them every day, every other day, you know, to strengthen me wrists up, which helps." But yeah, things can even the knitting I can't do them for long, and I have to put it down. I, you know, I just have to, you know, but it still doesn't stop me. Like I said. I know when my hands were really bad, it took me a year to do a jumper, an Aaron jumper that. I thought I've never took so long to do anything, but I could only do a row or two for me, you know, me me wrist and my elbow to really play up. So, but like I said, the weights help out. And like I said, I do as much as I can before, you know, my hands start hurting. Because when I'm playing, I've got tubey grip bandages everywhere <laughs> that I put on because they help support. And I'd like to get something because the tubey grip goes and you've got to go out and buy more, you know, and cut it up to put on your wrist. <laughs> oh, well. 
I do want That's a right. can sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so we talked a little bit about the photo walks and we've talked mm-hmm. about the Facebook groups and, you know, photography is a thing that a lot of times we're doing it by ourselves, but there is a social aspect to it. I, what What are some of the things you enjoy about getting together with other photographers? A lot of the time, you, you just, um, you know, talking, you know, you can talk about cameras and that and even and film and that but when I was doing my A-level me and my friend used to go out and it was really you'd really bounce ideas off you off each other because mm-hmm. we go to a place to take pictures we've got a church in Liverpool called the Bombdow Church its official name is St Luke's but during the Second World War in Century Bombs it twice actually and destroyed it but they've left it as a memorial you know saying like well walls are no good sort of thing you know and in memory of people have died so we used to go there it's just the shell of it now and take pictures and of course she'd move around to another part to take pictures and then you go oh yeah that's it but if i move around here i'm not taking the picture she's taken so you know Mm -hmm. it's just doing that and of course you're busy talking away and even nothing about photography but you're still bouncing ideas just with you know looking at each other what they're taking a picture of and how can you do it a bit differently that's what I like you know getting together with other photographers it, right. you know when you're talking about even the films and whatnot they understand what you're on about <laughs> <laughs> but I just do like the you know the banter of when you, you're talking about you know the stuff you've done or the stuff you've seen you know any exhibitions and that and you just, it's it's encouragements as well Billy you know when mm-hmm. you're meeting up with others that's what I love now about Facebook or Instagram or Twitter it's the you know the motivation you know to to go and do stuff because I know I'll say oh no I can't be bothered and be lazy but when you're doing (laughs) things for that you know for even the little competitions and although I'll I'll do it and never get to set them off I don't really I'm so lazy (laughs) one thing I've got to learn to do is I know it makes it easiest to scan your pictures and you know on the computer then share them to Instagram but I shared one from Liverpool the other day, but it was only what I took on my phone. So I think I, right. think, I know when I've developed my pictures, I've got to... Well, I was noticing the other day, Lomography, I've got a new scanner thing out with a stand, you know, for putting your phone on. Right, right, thinking, I saw that. Yeah, I thought, mm, that might be an idea. I have, I've got a thing that's holding my phone up, but... I felt on the tripod it was a bit unstable sort of thing. So the Lomography one, I might give that a try. That might be before I, I get me, you know, me SLR Canon one on the tripod and, and doing it, you know, there. I think, right. 
that would be a thing for me for sharing my work. But I don't tend to share my work because a lot of my stuff's from my past. And I'm thinking, well, this was done years ago, you know, not <laughs> recently I feel a fraud. <laughs> and I right. don't tend to show me re- recent ones because I'm, you know, not good at scanning things in. <laughs> hmm. No, it's something right. I've got to work Homework for me to do, Billy, is to learn how to scan. <laughs> well, what is there? Is there anything else that you've been wanting to try that you haven't had a chance to yet? Yes, I'd like to have a go at sinotypes. I do find that interesting. You know, exposing <laughs> in the sun, the prints, and that, and then developing. So, um, I think we did a bit in in college, not using sinotypes, just the uh, you know printing in the sun and you know on paper and then going back in the dark room and developing so yeah i am interested right. in the and even the polaroid lips i've seen them and i think yeah i'd like to have a go at doing them you know doing the more artistic side more so right. um, that's the things okay. that you know to do it in the future <laughs> All right. And and on the musical side, what 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 do you like to listen to just to relax or classical you know, or rock or pop or <laughs> the well, blues? To me the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> to learn your the, harmonica. Oh, yeah. The, I love the Beatles. I love uh, there's a load of, you know, but I tend to like music. Uh, I love singing along. That is the one thing to do. So songs have got good lyrics and good rhythm. But I've liked all music because, of course, with um, studying music, I've done classical. I did a study uh, music when we did jazz stuff. So I, I like jazz. Although, to be honest, these days I'm not listening to it more. <laughs> too busy playing it. <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, but it's funny, we, when we were finishing up on Saturday after we'd, um, you know, we'd gone on our photo walk, we ended up in a pub and they had on uh, music. Um, and I was thinking the tune, I thought, I know this. Is it bread? And I know we're thinking the Eagles, no, it was bread. You know, I want to make it with you. And I was thinking, oh, this pub's got decent music <laughs> <laughs> But I'm telling you, I do know quite a bit of music for the songs of the 70s. You know, I, I enjoy singing along, I will, to the radio and that, you know. That's right. Um, although I have the ones like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of bread. I know the music, so I, I, you know, enjoy singing along to them and that. So, just, yeah, just, I like it quite a bit of mix of music, like you said, rock and pop. There's some of them. Modern music today, I like Adele's okay, Ed Sheeran, right? George Ezra, and it's, it's funny, uh, Billy. I was never much into the grunge bands like Nirvana and them, Guns N' Roses, but we've got um, a choir master fellow over here, Gareth Malone, and he's done things of um. First of all, he did a programme of getting the school that's in a tough area in Lancashire, you know, poor area, of getting them into mm-hmm. singing in a choir. And I started watching uh, subsequent ones. He's done them with military wives, you know, the wives of men uh, way when they were out in Iraq, uh, not Iraq, Afghanistan. 
And either right. bought to sing one day, um, Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> okay. And I thought, oh, all right. Well, that's it. Well, we'll have to look up for that. And I listened to it and ended up getting, the, you know, the music online, the guitar chords and learning to play. So that would have been not one I would have, you know, necessarily listened to, but through him thinking, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I quite like that. There was another one <laughs> Nirvana did um, is in my music book now. They did a, um, I was cover of an old song. I was it out in the pines or something. Right, yeah, in the yeah. pines. Yeah, well, I, I, they may have called it. Where did you sleep last night? Yes, it was. Where did you sleep last night? And I googled. I heard the original Lead Belly one. I thought, oh, going out and find it now. And I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so I'm finding there's other different ways of getting into music, which you wouldn't have normally listened to. You know, That's I right. heard them on the radio. I thought, nah, I don't like this type of music. And yeah, now I'm listening to, you know, all the stuff like they've done. Oh, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, so I'm to get into Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. Oh, well. And you happen, you... I suppose I was thinking, you know, the loud, heavy rock, oh, no, I'm not into them. But then I'm finding out, well, no, they did other stuff, you know, sort of thing. Oh, yeah, quite like this. So, yes, new avenues for me to investigate now, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Christine, it's it's been an honour and delight to speak with you. How, How could people get in touch with you if they'd like to? Oh, well, I'm on Facebook, because, you know, I'm, I'm on the negatives positive. I've got an Instagram right. account, um, register on that, and that's a combination, because when I first went on Twitter, you know, you stab handles the way you name. And I was sitting there right. thinking, on my, uh, obviously, my PC had then, what name could I have? And I ended up putting together two Liverpool players at the time, was Torres, that's where the the res comes from, and the J is Stephen Gerrard, which was a local lad who was a legend at Liverpool. Oh, he's the manager okay. now. Oh, he's saying about him being a future manager when Klopp retires. But, um, so that's where they got that from, Resger, and I'm that on Twitter, Resger. That's R-E-S-G-E-R. I haven't got a okay. um, website. <laughs> I don't know how to do <laughs> one of them, so that'll be another thing to do in the future. I mean, Billy, if I had one of them, there'd be hardly any stuff on it. I am so <laughs> lazy when it comes to computer stuff, unless I can do it on my phone now. <laughs> no, that's that's perfectly all right. And I would uh, encourage uh, everyone to join the Negative Positives group and, and these other groups, because you are always very welcoming and encouraging yeah. to everybody in there oh yeah yeah what a, a nice man i got on to listening to mike as it was mike then from mm-hmm. uh, sunny 16 i was like i said i was at home think oh i'm cheesed off what can i do and um, listening to i thought oh i know listen to see what i can find out in photography podcasts and i just come across the sunny 16 and started listening mm-hmm. to them. And he said what number they're on. So I went back to the beginning. 
And then he had Mike on as a guest, and I thought, oh, I'll have to start listening. What's it going to be like? And I started listening, thinking, well, no, I like this. And so I started, I went through all the back ones as well to catch up. Oh, that <laughs> probably took joined, a little while, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, when I started listening, he started, well, it was before Andre became a permanent guest. I think he just mm-hmm. talked to him, he had him on as you know, just a guest then of talking. And, of course, he ended up becoming a a co-captain and now he's got (laughs) (laughs) co-captains. But I know, I I often talk to people about, you know, it's a brilliant podcast, you know, uh, the Negatives, Positives podcast. I think I'll be turning everybody on to any of them photography, go and join them. But yeah, they are a great crowd on there. Any information you want, you know, you've always got right. people there to give you advice on uh, That's right. cameras and that and any problems you've got. That's right. And to encourage you to buy even more cameras. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, it used to be very much on the... Um, what was it? The the camera gas one. Yeah. The gas the factory. That right. was it. I don't tend to be on there more. There was negative positives podcast is me. <laughs> I've got to get a t shirt, Billy, with the negative positives on. I've got to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, oh, thank you so much, Christine. It's been great talking to you, Billy. You too, Christine. Thank you so much for taking some time. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Thank you again to Christine Pinnock for joining me today to chat about her musical and photographic experiences. Thank you to Mike Gutterman for our theme song, Timeless. Mike has music available for content creators on his Bandcamp page at mikegutterman.bandcamp.com. Thanks as always to Sunny16 for hosting the Sunny16 Presents feed. I hope everyone is well, and as John might say, always try and be a decent human being.